Good evening, Rye residents, and welcome to the next segment of the All Time Podcast. I am Nick Ivanovich, the co-creator of this, and alongside me tonight is my brother, Will. Hello, Nick. All right. We are going to be breaking down a top 10 list of tech products of all time. Now, this is not going to be a dated list. The Zenith TV will not be making an appearance. This is tech products, tech apps, pretty much post-1985. Uh, spoiler alert, something of Nintendo will probably be on this list. Uh, with this uh, top 10 list, if my brother were to mention an Apple product, then Apple is off the board, right? You can't, you, you can't mention an iPad or an iPod and, and the iPhone. Uh, so since I am the co-creator of this, uh, I will go first, but I will, not me- I will not mention an Apple product. I will leave that to you, all right? I'm going with a little product that came out in the late 80s called the Game Boy, all right? Nintendo, you know, all, all, all gaming consoles were these huge hunks of basically bricks that you had to plug into an outlet. Uh, and this was the first, this was really, you know, the cell phones had come out, but they were the big brick cell phones. The Game Boy was a, was, was a very light product. Uh, it didn't have all the games that the Nintendo main console series had, but you had Tetris on there, you had Super Mario Brothers, you had Nintendo Tennis on there, you had, you had baseball. And this is a great this is great for families. The mom and dad are in the front seat driving on a family trip, and the kids are the, the kids are in back playing with Game Boy here. Uh, it had about a three hour battery life on it before you had to charge it up again. Uh, but Nintendo, you know, they, they had great foresight. They saw that this the, the individual console um, was going to be the, the the wave of the future. Nintendo is not really around anymore so much, but um, now everybody plays uh, games on their phone. Uh, but this was the first one. You had the little you had the little sort of compact uh, gaming discs that you plugged in there, and then when and then when the screen got blurry, you take it out and you blow on it just like the just like the Nintendo did. Uh, but this was uh, this was great for the kids. Great for the parents. It was a win-win situation for the entire family. Silence in the back seat while the parents could discuss something without their kids overhearing it. And speaking as the little brother between the two of us, uh, the second, or really the first uh, best Game Boy uh, development was the advent of having a second Game Boy in the car. Because if you <laughs> yeah. weren't inclined to share and your brothers were going to fight over something, you really... You know, parents might have said that it was foolish or spoiling your children, but an investment in a second Game Boy would be <laughs> the lasting piece that parents need. All right, you're up with your first selection. So you knocked me out because I was going to mention the, of course, the original, the granddaddy, the Nintendo Entertainment System, but that's been excluded. One thing I will mention about the Nintendo Corporation is unlike a lot of other video game systems or electronic systems, the Nintendo Corporation was founded in 1889. Um, and up until the 1960s, it was not a technology company. Uh, it specialized at the time in, uh, I believe, a taxi cabs and, believe it or not, uh, shall we say, gentlemen's establishments before they became a more family-friendly corporation. So uh, moving on from Nintendo, uh, I'm going to go with 2010, the Apple TV. The Apple TV is great just because at the time you were starting to get these streaming services, you were starting to want to play music and run all these things through your uh, through one system. You know, 
in the, uh, the middle of the 2000s, we sort of hit peak remotes. You could walk into somebody's den and see some big flat screen TV and there would be like seven remotes. And for those of us who have uh, parents who are getting on in years and those parents are trying to stay current with the latest gadgets, it's not that they'll ever understand how to actually work the Apple TV. It's that when you come over, you only have to deal with one remote instead of the four or five that are hanging around the house so they can watch some latest thing on the BBC. Uh, I, I love the Apple TV. Uh, I, I have it in my apartment in, in New York. Uh, they, they, they basically tease you, though, with all these new movies that are coming out. You've got to wait about... For 30 days to 45 days to get the good the good rental price on them. But uh, I run everything through Apple TV. I run photos through there, videos through there, TV shows. Uh, it is, uh, it's, you know, they've come out with the greatest technology products. Uh, the iPod was the first one for, uh, for streaming music. That's when Napster was still around where you could get most of that stuff for free. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, I think my first iPod, my friend Billy had, had basically downloaded like 5,000 songs from Napster. And uh, this is something that you could take on the subway with you. Uh, and you could tune out all the crazy people in New York City on there. Uh, it was probably, it was their first really truly compact and, and portable invention. All right, uh, the next one, I'm going to go with is uh, uh, the Philips flat screen TV, Ooh. the first of its kind. Right? I remember uh, teaching tennis out at the Meadow Club out in Southampton, and mom, mom and dad gave me this big hunking TV to take with me. It was also, I think it was a Sony, too. Uh, this thing you needed, you needed like two movers to, to bring it up a flight of stairs. This thing was at least a buck fifty. Uh, and uh, <laughs> and, and then, and then once you were done with it at college, I mean, you just you just found ways ne ne never never to repack it. Uh, the flat screen TV uh, of Philips was when it first came out it was something like ten thousand dollars. <laughs> okay, now you can go to Best Buy and get one for five hundred bucks. Yeah, all right, uh, that's 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 pretty decent. Uh, but this is a, we we had this in our home uh, the first one. And Dad was so pleased with this one. He said, look at the picture on this thing. Uh, it's just fantastic. Now, he later would find out the price of it because my, my, my mother would always hide the cost of things to, sure. things to him. But this was, the, this was sort of the, the next generation of, of TV. We had gone from the black and white to the zenith color uh, to these big boxes that you had. And uh, the Philips flat screen, uh, and, there, and there have been uh, flat screens before that, sure. but they weren't as powerful as this. They didn't have the, uh, was it, the LED um, uh, in there. And the picture was incredible, and it was terrific for watching uh, great movies, sort of mm -hmm. action movies were great on it, and sports, and sporting games. And so for, for, for about five years, they had a dominance in this sure. flat screen TV, and people were willing to pay whatever for this thing. And uh, it only lasted a few years until Sony, Sony and Panasonic got wise to this. I think the real victims are actually, actually America's burglars. You know, when your home <laughs> used to get robbed, that was the number one thing they took. They took the TV. TV yeah. uh, you know, a TV was a very, very prized possession in any home burglary. Uh, but now, I mean, Best Buy's given them away. <laughs> just, you know, so they've never been lighter. They've never been easier for yeah. a burglar to carry out of someone's home. But there's not so much a market for these things. Yeah. 
So my number two product, uh, it's a little bit more low tech, but uh, I think attention must be paid. Um, and that is uh, the Swiffer, 1999 <laughs> Procter & Gamble. Uh, for every guy out there who's ever wanted to pretend to be cleaning his home, but not really doing that much, the Swiffer was a particular product. It was lightweight, you bought it in a little box, you never had to get a mop or a bucket, you could do the dry pads, you could also do the wet pads. A couple years later, they came out with the Swiffer wet jet, which is hot garbage, do not buy the Swiffer wet jet, you just get the regular green Swiffer, you put the wet pads under there, you push it around your loom a little bit, and you're like, hey, I cleaned. I mean, uh, and also, that's when they started the sort of razors and blades scheme that made Procter & Gamble so much money, which is, uh, you know, you got the, uh, the Swiffer was very, very cheap, but then all the refills, I mean, it's almost like you go to CVS and some shady looking guy behind the counter says, listen, the Swiffer is free, but those pads are gonna cost you. Uh, and the Swiffer, uh, to this day, I still carry one in my home. My, uh, my son, when he wants to pretend that he's actually cleaning, he goes right for that Swiffer. The, the Swiffer's cleaning sort of the, the time frame on this of where it looks clean until it gets dirty again, yep. It's about 20 minutes. Yeah. It, it, it's like the old adage of, of having a, a Chinese meal. You know, you stuff your face and then 20 minutes later, mm -hmm. you're still hungry. Uh, this, is, <laughs> this is the product that I have in my New York City apartment. I scrub those floors and then I would say 15 to 20 minutes later, uh, there's some smudges on there. I'm not even, I'm not even standing on that spot, you right? You get it on the next Swiffer. <laughs> and those pads, I'm, I'm a wet Swiffer man myself, all right? Uh, it's great for just cleaning the flat surfaces, but underneath any crevices or anything like that, worthless. You actually have to get on your hands and knees for that. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and get down there and you put a little elbow grease in there. Yes, the, the Swiffer wet pads, I go through about, I would say a box, a box every month, uh, and there's about eight of them in there, yeah. and uh, and it, it makes you feel really good, like you've just cleaned your apartment, Jeez. but really nothing is Very nothing little. is nothing has been accomplished. All right, uh, I'm going to go with uh, Bill Gates's greatest uh, invention, Microsoft Office. Mm. Uh, this killed Smith Corona, yeah. the, the business. Uh, Typists uh, were, uh, were were put out of business. You know, people say that you know, Flint, you know, the car companies put Flint, Michigan, into bankruptcy. Mm -hmm. Bill Gates put typists uh, into bankruptcy. Uh, the the whole typewriter business uh, went away. Uh, this was when. Not, by the way, not soon enough that you and I in 1993 were not sent to a typing school by none other than Rye Record publisher Robin Yovanovitch. She was a little bit behind the times. Well, we were, we were poorly behaved that, that summer, I, I believe. It was more of a punishment than vocational <laughs> training. No, I got you, I got you, I understand. But, but Microsoft Office, this was out, uh, I, I used it in college. Uh, it's obviously evolved. Uh, they have many other sort of uh, bells and whistles now than before, but this is the first one that had spell check on there, yeah. right? Uh, when you're writing that college paper, uh, the spell check was key. It didn't really check the grammar. It didn't have didn't have the grammar check sure. in the in its earlier iterations. But uh, it is evolved, and I think every business has it. Sure. Uh, and uh, this is where uh, sort of where the Mac is is, is cooler and sleeker and a lot better, maybe mm -hmm. better for design. 
but Microsoft Office is practical sure. for all for, for all business purposes. Uh, there's you know they they try to take Microsoft into into other areas. The Microsoft Surface, when they, they should have just stuck to software. I, yeah. I I think Microsoft did. They got into the headphones business. They got into the hardware the hardware mm -hmm. business with the computers. The Microsoft Surface is is fine, but. It, it, it can't compare to Apple. They had the, and they still have the monopoly on this. Uh, we, we say we're a country that doesn't have monopolies. Uh, this is a monopoly right here. Yeah, Congress, I think, <laughs> tried to do something about that, unsuccessfully. You know, one thing about Microsoft Office, especially uh, as a young man who had turned in many a disappointing paper in school, the advent of one and a half times spacing was a godsend, you know. Double spacing, you well, can't get away. What with was that. your font? I mean, you know, of course, you know, you go for like that twelve point five font or something. Times like that. New Roman? You know, were you a uh, Times New Roman man? Of course. Or Helvetica? You Helvetica, that was my one. You could stretch a two-page paper into a three-page with Helvetica. Uh, the coach, played by Al Pacino, in any given Sunday, says, "You know, uh, life is a game of inches," uh, and it was very much the case with Microsoft Word. All right. So my number three pick, uh, going back to a little bit more retail tech, was uh, TiVo, brought to you by the TiVo Corporation in 1999. Any guy moving into an apartment with a couple of other guys, whether you were into sports or movies or comedy or whatever, it's the three of you fighting over one television. You know, TiVo solved a lot of those problems. Uh, you never had to rely upon parents or friends to videotape a game or an episode for you. Um, in fact, somebody in my office once remarked that uh, prior to TiVo, uh, his father videotaped over the video of his birth with the Who Shot JR episode of Dallas. Uh, you know, there was a lot it was of- a very, It was a very good episode. It was a very good episode. I mean, Nick, I, I think uh, I once videotaped over your appearance on Nickelodeon's Get the Picture. You know what? For a I, Simpsons I, episode. That, that's uh, right, you did. Yes. Uh, I won $730 yep. cash. Mm -hmm. uh, I think there was a huge game show tax on that. I think the government's still looking for it. <laughs> I won a Sunfish yep. sailboat. Yes. A we sailed cheap, it well. A cheap luggage set. Mm -hmm. uh, I was a child star, I, I believe. Uh, uh, I was in a later show of uh, so get 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 the picture with my first Nickelodeon game show, um, and I was on a second one, and it was sort of an interactive one. You're you're sort of on a green screen mm -hmm. there. You're sort of fighting wizards and everything like this. My partner blew it for me on that one. Uh, I still have resentment against her uh, to this day. She went to Lake Highland Prep in uh, in Orlando because Nick because Universal Studios was in Orlando mm. when we were uh, when we were there for for school and they came to our school. You take an aptitude yeah. test. I mean, a little a little harder than a civil servants exam, I I, I believe. Uh, yeah, and you're uh, like the guy who played opposite Ryan Seacrest in the first season of American Idol. You know, it's uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm surprised you can get through the day. Yeah, you know, well, it was it was it was my time to shine on TV. Uh, I told a bunch of dirty jokes. Actually, I was 13 years old, and I didn't realize when you're during the sort of the, the taping of the of our first episode on of Get the Picture, and I didn't realize I had the mic on. Hot mic. <laughs> <laughs> the guys in the control room were dying laughing. Uh, and uh, I uh, never uh, regained that fame again. It peaked early. <laughs> like the Macaulay Culkin, really. It, to be sure. Uh, all, right. all right. What is your next pick? My next pick is spyware.
<laughs> All right. <laughs> Hear me out. Let's say you have an unscrupulous business partner. Mm. Back in the day, you have to hire a private detective, right? Sure. It costs lots of money. <laughs> For twenty nine ninety five, mm. you can install spyware yeah. on, on somebody's computer. If you think you've got a significant other that's not doing you right, uh, put on the spyware. I'm not saying I had put it, I had it on my computer, but it was out there. This was the cheaper way of getting the private, uh, the private detective. Technology sure. uh, has basically found ways to keep everybody honest, mm -hmm. really, in, in a way. Uh, there's nothing, you, you, you can't beat technology. This, yeah. this product came out in, the, in sort of the mid-2000s. Uh, mm -hmm. This was originally the, selected or originally, originally sort of uh, created to, to stop viruses mm -hmm. uh, in, in your computer. But people have used it for other nefarious purposes. But I, uh, for, for me, when this is my wild card, mm -hmm. it's the spyware. Yeah. That is a good, well, it was a simpler time back when a person who knew somebody would spy on them before the Russians and the Chinese yeah. and these sort of global things. It was yeah. just, you know, one person suspicion of a person they actually knew. It was a time when we were closer to each other, you know, when we, a man or a woman would do the spying themselves. Yeah. But, uh, you know, things have moved on. All right, so my number four pick is, uh, it was invented in 1987. But it wasn't installed in a New York toll booth until 1993, and that is the Easy Pass. Started by the Easy Pass Interagency Corporation, a collection of states got together. They invented it in 1987, and uh, it basically took the length of the British involvement in World War II to finally make it show up in New York State. Uh, at the time, a young Will Yovanovitch, who, you know, sitting in usually the least favorite seat in the family car, would point out that while uh, we were waiting in the back of the line with all these toll people, there was this, you know, at first one lane, then two lanes. Hey, I'm hearing good things about this easy pass, and I was mocked and laughed by all of you, totally ignored. Now, I, don't, I, don't know, I, don't know, I don't know if I mocked you Is for there that. or is there not an easy pass in your car, sir? There is an easy pass there in your car. Go. And I... You know, we have had many comical easy pass errors in, in this family. Our, our mother, who is a, a creative genius mm. in so many ways, but you only have an easy pass sure. in one of the cars. And, and for some, and, and half the time we take the car sure. that didn't have the easy well, pass. In. You didn't really make use of the easy pass in your early driving years because you always drove over the Willis Avenue Bridge, which is at the time was the worst possible bridge to drive over from the Bronx into Manhattan. It's a free bridge. It took about six months off the life of your car every time you crossed it. While the fools were paying $3 for a toll, Nick Yovanovitch had found the, uh, the ultimate way of saving in the short term while punishing his parents' automobiles in the long term. All right, uh, my um, my last one. Uh, even though I can't stand this guy's politics, Mark Zuckerberg's Facebook. Yeah. Uh, Facebook came out. I think I was twenty four or twenty five when it when it came out, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, it sort of came out in the um, in like the early two thousands, and. Uh, this was a way that you could connect, you know, before when you had to uh, uh, to show people where, where you went on vacation, you'd have to take the photos, put them on your computer, then email them to everybody, uh, and it would be cumbersome. 
Uh, now you can now you can shoot everything on your phone. Uh, you can basically post videos from there. You can do everything from there, including you know they they, they bought Instagram. But uh, this is the way that people are connected these days, and it's the it's it's widely used from people 13 to 30. Mm-hmm. Once you pass 30 years old, you're just looking on that looking on Facebook to see if an ex girlfriend of of yours has put on a little weight or something. That's sort of like your, your, the only reason why somebody my age would ever go on, would ever go on Facebook. Uh, but uh, I, I, used, I used Facebook uh, when, this was before WhatsApp, sure. uh, when you could call, call people overseas. This is how you would communicate with people overseas mm-hmm. in, in a lot of ways. I had college tennis teammates from, uh, from Argentina, and this is how we would uh, communicate uh, over uh, basically once we graduated college none of us wanted to pay five dollars a minute for calling the other's uh, country so we would be on Facebook's uh, messenger mm. uh, and uh, this was the this is the product that changed everything they made a great movie about it the social network uh, and uh, people uh, you know people want to uh, people want to communicate through their screens and this was the first of its kind. Mm. Uh, this this signified, to, you know, this this basically, I think, signified uh, sort of the, the the importance of texting and uh, these days that people don't want to make calls anymore, right? Mm-hmm. And so they'll communicate through other through other mediums. And Facebook was really the first one. I mean, the the I think the Motorola flip phone had the texting capability yeah. on there, right? But that's all you could do on it. Um, it was a, it it wasn't a smartphone. Mm-hmm. Uh, this uh, Facebook is uh, is you know people have sort of uh, they always have poor opinions about it, but I, it's still sort of the from thirteen to thirty. I think it's the most widely used communication device uh, out there. So unfortunately, uh, as I got uh, engaged in two thousand seven, when I still had a MySpace page, I was informed that that's, uh, that's, I would that's not the be low, making the jump. That's the from, low rent Facebook from uh, MySpace. To uh, to Facebook that there, Mrs. Will informed me there would be no need for me to uh, no, no, connect to such no. a thing, and so I've been uh, I've been able to blissfully avoid social media for the most part. I think I've wasted hours of my life in a, in, 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 in in a given day just looking at it, just looking at Facebook. And I I think in my twenties and uh, and early thirties. You know, you look where people you you get jealous where 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 people have gone from, uh, have gone to. This was the this was the, sort of the the first tech app that you can make people jealous on. Sure. Um, look at me, I'm in Miami for the weekend. I'm in Bora Bora. I'm in Tahiti. Okay. <laughs> I'm at the Eiffel Tower. Sure. Right. Resent. Uh, <laughs> it was an app for our age. It was. It was. Well, my app, my last app or device gadget. Comes from a time before the iPhone, which would you know now can give you directions to anywhere you want to go, uh, or Waze, or any of these other things that now pop up on your phone, and that's uh, the year 2000's Garmin. <laughs> Garmin was the device, and I you know really for every guy on a family trip where after so many other times of reading a map, you know, declaring confidently that he knew where he was going, that he was in charge, you know. Do you remember those maps that we had as kids? Oh, God. I mean, they were encyclopedias. Gas stations. They, Every they gas were, station uh, had a giant uh, yeah. tower of maps of the yeah. whole thing. And uh, and the dad, you know, the, the classic iconic figure, he'd have it on the hood. He's looking, <laughs> he's charting. He doesn't know what the heck he's doing. He knows nothing. How many times does our father 
thought that he found a faster way to some destination five, six hours away, and the Garmin would have been... Would Guys have been are looking for an edge. You know, we want the special way. We want the shortcut. All right, in our, in our, in our family's uh, home in San Diego, Dad still prides himself on finding a six-minute route from Rosecrans Street all the way to Mission Hills, and you cut through the sort of the yep. the military drop-off phase. Some he's, weird he's, service road, he, possibly he, illegal. He prides himself on that's this. his route. You know, that's his route. He is the uh, he was the Meriwether Lewis of uh, you know mid eighty Southern California. He was a pioneer. He found those spots. So with the Garmin back then, it really changed everything. Uh, it also though guaranteed that every uh, taxi driver or limo driver going forward would literally never need to know where he was going and display that quite proudly as we find ourselves today where people, uh, whether they're in Ubers or livery cabs or what have you, literally have no idea where they're going. They pop in an address and they get you there. All right. Uh, this has concluded uh, the all-time podcast. Thank you very much, Will. Happy to be on. All right. Next week, we will do, we'll be doing an all-time Records, all-time albums, top ten. I'll be doing it with Gary Benroff, uh, a fellow Rye Country Day alum. Well, actually, I never graduated from Rye Country Day. I was at Rye Country Day while fellow he was attendee. there. Attendee, exactly. All right. Well, good night, Rye.